Proverbs 19.23 says, Fear the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. This is something that we had to come to learn in this last year, but it was not how we were living prior. We started 2020 with both of us working full-time and a healthy combined income. Overall, we were comfortable. Then COVID happened and Danny lost his job. He was making 60% of our income. He searched very hard to find another job, but nothing panned out. The only door that God opened was in real estate. As if that wasn't enough change, in May of this year, God prompted Lindy to begin homeschooling our son. She was obedient to that calling, but this meant that our income was now totally in God's hands with a sales commission job and the part-time work I can get during the slow times. Every day, we live totally dependent on God's provision, but it's still scary, especially when life ebbs and flows and it all seems so unpredictable. Northside family, it's good to see you today. And I love uh, just every week, just hearing from different people in our church family uh, who have dealt with the knots that have them tied up in life. And sometimes, and especially in the past couple months, uh, all of us have faced uncertainty, whether it's finances or career changes or life situations. And what we find is this, our hearts and our lives and our minds get tied up in knots. And this whole series that we've been walking through is this, Jesus gives us some ways to unravel what's been unraveling us. To be able to deal with, we talked about when we opened the series about worry and how worry comes in and how sometimes judgment comes in and overwhelms us and how sin comes into our life. And, and last weekend we talked about do not doubt. And today we're going to be talking about Jesus, how he goes, here's how I want you to unwind what's going on in your heart is he's going to say, do not fear. Uh, but before we get there, I want to issue an apology. Uh, last week during the 1130, uh, I just kind of jokingly said uh, that the Cincinnati Bengals do not have Jesus. And uh, then you went out and destroyed the Baltimore Ravens and proved me wrong. And I want to apologize for doubting the Houday Nation right now. All right. So you Houday fans, right? Hey, hey, we got to confess where we're wrong on that. And, and I was just kind of joking. But, but really what happens is this. We were looking in the story in Matthew chapter 14 uh, where Jesus, in the midst of the storm that the disciples were in, and, and the Short family was talking about the storm that they've been walking through, that for some of us in this room, we're all walking through different situations. But in the middle of the storm, out on the water, the disciples, their boat is being overwhelmed. They're near death. Jesus comes walking out on the water and then he just tells them, do not doubt. And it's like, easy for you, you're Jesus, right? I mean, you're, you're walking on water. And what are we supposed to do with that? But, but before we got there, he says this phrase in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. He tells the disciples this, he says, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I know for all of us in this room, we're in different circumstances right now. It may be financial, it may be relational, it may be career oriented, but we're in different situations. And what's amazing about the study of scripture is this, the number one command, this is why we were saving this for the very end is this, the number one command in all of scripture is this, do not be afraid, do not fear or take courage. I remember when I was nine years old, there was a show that came out on Nickelodeon. I don't know if some of y'all remember this or not. I don't know if you remember the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? 
Anybody remember that, man? Right, dude? I, like when I remember I was nine years old, I'm like, I, I was like, yes, I am, but I'm still gonna watch that show, right? And, and I remember watching that show and what they did was this, everything in that show was built on fear. Because there's something about fear. It motivates us. It, even if we don't want to watch, we're like, I don't want to watch, but we keep watching. And there's something that fear does inside of us. It hooks us and we want to see what's going to happen. Well, what's funny is sometimes we, we feel like, you know, we're just afraid of the dark when we're a kid. And when we're older, we're not afraid of the dark anymore. A couple months ago, I was coming in on a Sunday morning and a couple of us get here early before the lights are really turned on. And this room is completely dark. And as I was getting here just to walk backstage, just to kind of sit and pray, get my heart, my mind right. And I remember just walking through these doors over here, just walked right down by this stage. And right down here, sitting on the stage was a man in the complete darkness in here. And I just had that moment where I was like, ah, right? you know, you know, it was like seven in the morning or something. And you ever had that moment where you freak out and you try to cover up like you're freaking out, right? In the moment I go, ah, hey, man. God bless you today, right? It was Jim Props, our executive pastor. Right? I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, just praying over the room, right? But just, I came face to face. And here's the thought. I thought, I, I thought it was done being afraid of the dark when I was nine. I'm 39, still afraid of the dark. And I uh, found that out that day, a couple months ago. But here's the thing about fear in our life. There's things in our life that we fear that we don't even know we're afraid of until we come face to face. Until we come face to face with them and we are faced with the reality of what's going on, we go, you know what? I didn't even think I was afraid of that. I wasn't even worried about that. But now that I'm facing it, I'm afraid. And sometimes I begin to ask this question as I was saying this. I'm like, God, where did fear even come from? Because I, I, I believe, I don't think that's the way God made us. And what I found is this, that isn't the way that God made us. Fear became a reality for humanity when sin entered the world. Literally the first time in scripture that you see the word fear or afraid is in Genesis chapter three, verse 10, after Adam and Eve had sinned. And what happened is this, God had created humanity good. He created us for a relationship with himself. He created us for a relationship with each other. He created us with relationship for the world. He created us to have a healthy relationship with ourselves. And what happens is sin impacts every single thing in all of creation. And in Genesis chapter three, sometimes we say stuff like this to God in the middle of our fear. God, where are you right now? And what's interesting is in Genesis chapter three, after Adam and Eve sinned, God shows up asking that question of Adam and Eve saying this, where are you? And this was Adam's response in Genesis chapter three, verse 10. This is what he said. He said, God, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. What happened in this moment is this. This is the first time in scripture we see the phrase, I was afraid and so I hid. And see, here's what happens in our life. Sometimes due to sin, sometimes just due to the realities of the world and the uncertainty of what's going on, we live tied up in knots with fear. And God today, what we're going to find is this. He shows up and he wants to unravel the fear in our life. And the question for you and I today is this. How do we, how do we, how are we supposed to not be afraid when we look around the world and we see that there are tons of things to be afraid of in this world, aren't there? 
I was reading an article from Psychology Today uh, this last week doing some research, and Psychology Today said these are the top five fears that they did a big survey of people. These are the top five fears of people today. You know, and I was expecting like snakes or spiders or whatever, you know, or, or deviled eggs with toothpicks or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was thinking that, you know, it's going to be something kind of crazy like that on the list or whatever. Here's the top five fears from Psychology Today. Number five was this. The fear of uncertainty. Fear of uncertainty comes in. I don't know how things are going to play out. And it just begins to begins overwhelm us a little bit. Number four, they said, is this. Fourth most popular fear for people that they deal with. The fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. Number three, the fear of failure. Any perfectionists in the room don't want to raise your hand right now, right? But internally, you're like, yeah, I, I, I'm afraid of failure. Fear comes in in the midst of our fear of failure. Number two was this. This is what they said. The second most popular fear that people deal with is the fear of loneliness. It's lonely. It's real. But the number one fear I thought was interesting. I didn't see this one coming. Number one fear that people deal with according to psychology today is this. The fear of change. Fear of change. Afraid how things are going to change in my life. And here's what I found out about my own faith. As I follow Jesus, this is the more I'm learning about faith. Faith equals change. This is why for some of us here today, if you're watching online, you know God is calling you to change some things in your life. For some of you, you're going, I know I've needed to get baptized. I know I've needed to take that step. I know I've needed to do this, but I don't feel like I know enough. And we go, man, I need to change. And here's what we find about our faith is this. It's not just that we change, but it's that God is changing us. Too many times, here's what happens to our faith. We let it be transactional instead of a transformational faith. Transactional means this. We believe, okay, God, I accept you. I believe what you did on the cross, save me from my sins. And now I'm just going to go do whatever I want. That's a transactional faith. A transformational faith says this, Jesus, you're my king. And whatever you're going to call me to do and how your word calls me to live, even if it might cost me something, I'm going to follow you. And what ends up happening is this. We begin to look more and more like Jesus. The only thing is this. You and I are going to wrestle with the change that Jesus is wanting to do in our life for the rest of our life until we go to be with Jesus or he comes to be with us. I had a phone conversation with a buddy this week. He was calling me. His dad's in the hospital facing some things, and we prayed for him. And then before we hung up, I said, how can I pray for you? And he's honest. He's been following Jesus his whole life, and he just, he was just, he just blurted it out. He said, Nate, I, I just want to be honest with you. I know I follow Jesus. He goes, I just, I just don't feel like I've done enough to get into heaven. And I said, I know. But this is why we need the grace of God more than our good works. And in the middle of that, what he was saying is this. I'm feeling God changing me, but I've got to let go of my old ways and my old habits of thinking that I have to achieve God's love when really I have to learn how to receive God's love and live in response to God's love. This is why Jesus gives us this command. Actually, Jesus in his in the New Testament and in the Gospels, he gives 125 commands while he's here. This is what he gives in the scripture, 125 commands. His number one command that he gives out of all 125, he says it 21 times in the Gospel. He says this, do not be afraid. The number one thing he says, the number two thing he says is only eight times, and it's this, love your neighbor. 
Almost three times more, Jesus says the phrase to his disciples, and he says it to you and I today, is this, do not be afraid. Could it be that the reason why we don't love our neighbors well, why we don't love ourselves well, why we don't love God well, is because we're afraid. And could it be that God wants to do a work in us to free us from this unhealthy fear? Some of you are going, Nate, that sounds great. I, I've tried to not fear, but man, I, I just struggle and I can't do it. This is why we want the words of Jesus to define today, to wrap up this whole series. Because in Matthew chapter 10, he gives the command, do not be afraid, but I want to put it in context. See, whenever we read a scripture, we want to know kind of what's going on when you read a passage. And what's going on in Matthew chapter 10 is this. Jesus has been walking with his disciples for a couple of years, and now he's going to send them out into the world. It's easy to come to church, isn't it? But boy, is it hard to share our faith with people. And let me just admit, it's a struggle for me. And you know why? Because the moment I do, there's the fear of rejection. The moment I share my faith with somebody, they're going to go, oh, here comes that Bible thumper. Mm-mm-mm, man. Literally a couple of weeks ago, I remember pulling into a, a, a gas station and I saw a guy who, I, I, the word had gotten back to me. He just thinks he's like churches, you know, just garbage and it's made up and it's fairy tale stuff. And that word had gotten back to me that he had thought that way. And I, I pulled up next to him at the gas station. I tried to be cordial just to kind of give the, hey, like almost like, I know what you said about me, but it's okay, right? You know, and I gave him the, gave him the, the Hoosier wave, right? Hey, I want to say hi even if we don't want to say hi we say hi right I just said hi and he just looked at me and he goes I mean I didn't even talk to him we didn't we didn't even make it was just like we're just at the gas station man I'm like praise the Lord good right you know and and here we are and this is what happens this is the tension that you and I deal with the fear of rejection from people and Jesus in Matthew chapter 10 is sending his disciples out and he's going, guys, I want to speak the truth to you because you're going to fear, you're going to face fearful situations. And he says this to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. He says this in verse 16. He says this in verse 16. He says, listen, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. That's not encouraging, Jesus. He's like, I know, but I want you to know the reality of what you're stepping into. I want you to know you're walking out to a world that wants to destroy you. Jesus says this about Satan. He has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus tells his disciples, listen, he goes, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. You're going to face hardship in this world. That's what he's telling them. When you and I follow Jesus, we're going to face opposition. He goes on in verse 22. Listen to what he says here. He says, disciples, listen up. All men will hate you because of me, because, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. He just tells them, he goes, everybody's going to hate you because of me. What an encouraging message today, right? You know, we're like really building me up. And Jesus is telling him this. And he's telling him, he's like, I don't want you to be surprised by this. I don't want you to be surprised that you're going to face rejection in the world as you follow me. And then he goes down and he says this in verse 28. In verse 28, here he says it. He says, but do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Don't be afraid of them who can kill you physically, but can't kill your soul. And then he says it right after that. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Whoa. Here's what Jesus is saying. You know how you and I live a life that's not afraid? Be afraid. <laughs> See, too many times this is the mistake we make. We just go, I just want to, I never want to fear anything in my life. That's not what Jesus is saying in this passage. You know what he's saying in this passage? Fear God. Fear God or you will fear the world. And when you and I fear God, we will be able to walk through being rejected by people, being disowned by people. We've had several people here, part of the Northside Church family, and when they got baptized here, literally their parents said, you are never welcomed in our house again. You are never allowed to step back into this place. See, the church is to come alongside one another. This is why Jesus is saying this. And some of us were going, what does it mean to fear God, right? You know, immediately my mind when I hear fear God, I don't know about you, and this is just kind of a confession, I go right to the Wizard of Oz, right? You know what I'm saying? We're like the big screens there and the fire and the smoke, and we're like, ah, that's not what fearing God means. First Peter chapter three, Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, he says this, he goes, here's what fearing the Lord looks like. Fearing the Lord is this, that you and I live in reverent fear of God. That we dishonor God before anything else. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, fear the one who can not just kill you because God has the ability and power, but the one who can send your soul to hell. See, God is all powerful. He's over all things. And what happens is this, when we live in fear of him, it changes the way we face all of the fears in our life. And some of us are going, man, that sounds pretty harsh. This is why we got to keep reading the Bible. Jesus says, fear God or else you're going to fear everything else in the world. And then he says this right after this in verse 29, this is the comfort he gives us. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Talking about some birds. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid because you are worth more than many sparrows. See, when we fear the Lord, here's the Lord that we fear. We fear the one who actually knows how many hairs are on your head. That's the one. Now, some of us go, well, who has time for that? And who has power for that? God does. I remember growing up, my mom showed me a little scrapbook that she had of me. And it was baby pictures. And one of the things in there, a little baggie was this. It was from my first haircut. And I was like, well, that's kind of strange. Why'd you do that? Mom was like, because I love you. Right? And see, parents, we do strange things for our kids, don't we? Right? We, we keep a lock of hair and you go, because I love you. And see, this is the love of the Father that we are to fear. It's not just to be in fear of him and walk around on eggshells around God. We fear God because he actually cares about us and loves us more than anybody else in the entire world. He has enough time and care to know the numbers of hair on your head, to know what's going on in your life. And he says, so don't be afraid because you are worth more than many sparrows. This is what I love, Ann Voskamp, one of my favorite writers and authors, she says this about fear. She said, all fear is but the notion that God's love ends. That's what fear is. Fear is going, I'm gonna go through a situation in life and God, I don't think you're gonna be enough. Heard from a family today, right, in the video. Career change, finances changed, God, is this going to be enough? And what she says is this, when does God 
ever end. See, that's the power of God. He doesn't. And in the midst of all the fears that we run into in our life, what we find is we find a God who never ends. We find a God who is always with us. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. You know how we stop being afraid? We stop fearing the wrong things by fearing the right thing. That's what Jesus says in this passage. If you don't want to be ruled by your fears in this world, the fear of failure, the fear of uncertainty, the fear of loneliness, the fear of change, if you don't want to be ruled by that, then start fearing the right thing. Start going, God, I'm going to fear you before anything else. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying in this passage. Some of you go, Nate, that sounds great. What he's not saying in this passage is this, that you and I won't feel fear. You and I will feel fear for the rest of our lives. I talked last weekend after service, great Christian businessman in our church family here. Great guy, loves the Lord. And he heard, you know, when I was talking about, we were going to be talking about don't be afraid. He came up after the service and he said, Nate, you, you need to understand when COVID hit, he said, it was the most fearful time of my entire life. He's in his 50s. And he said, here's, here's why. He said, we were on track to do record numbers that year. We've been doing record numbers. And here's what I knew about COVID. COVID was about ready to change everything. And he said, immediately, he goes, I've never felt fear like this in my life before. I felt the heaviness. I felt, what does this mean for our business? I felt the heaviness of what does this mean for my family? I felt the heaviness of what does this mean for my employees? What does it mean for the employees, family? And he said, all I could do is just feel this fear. And he said, and when I walked in and I had our first employee meeting, he said, the whole room, he said, the only way I can describe it is this, we just felt fear. And in that moment, he just, he just said this, he goes, it felt like my dream was dying. It felt like my life was coming apart. The wheels were going off. See, this is why we fear the Lord, because there's moments that maybe we won't face death, but there's moments in our life that what we're going through, it feels like death. When we lose things in our life, it feels like death. This is why I love this passage in, in Hebrews chapter 2. Sometimes we only let Jesus and his work on the cross save us from our sin compared to being over our fears. Listen what Hebrews chapter 2 says. In verse 14, it talks about the power of Jesus. And when we fear him over every other fear, listen to what he says. It says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. This is what Jesus did on the cross. And then he said this, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We either fear God or we'll fear something in this world. Fear death, fear loss of our career. What Jesus is getting at in this passage is this. This is what we need to understand today. This is how he unwinds the things in our heart is this. We need to understand that you and I, we will follow our fears. That's what we do in life. We follow our fears. And when you and I fear God, we follow God. But when we fear other things, we follow other things. This is why Proverbs chapter 19, you heard it in the video, verse 23, it says this, that the fear of the Lord, that the fear of the Lord leads to life. See, when you and I put God first, it leads to life. And then it says this, then one rests content, untouched by trouble. You and I are going to face trouble in this life. And what's going to get revealed in that moment is this, who do we fear the most in our life? 
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, some of you are thinking about becoming a Christian. This is just some encouragement for you. It says this, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That if you want your life to be turned around, start fearing him. Start walking in his ways. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24, King Saul, who had been raised up and appointed by Jesus, had an opportunity to either fear God or fear the people. And what he started doing is he started fearing the people more he started fearing God. And he, he offered a bunch of sacrifices that God didn't ask him to do. And Samuel came up and said, what are you doing? See, this is why we need life group. This is why we need other Christians around us going, what are you doing? What are you living your life by? Listen to what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24. Samuel comes up to him and he says, what are you doing, Saul? And Saul just said this. He goes, well, I was afraid of the people. And so I gave in to them. It's true. You and I give in to our fears. The question is, who and what do we fear in our life the most? We follow our fears. I remember in ninth grade, uh, I got cut by the basketball team. I know, not surprising. And uh, my high school was like 3,700 kids out in Las Vegas. There's no way I was going to make the freshman basketball team. Just no way. And uh, so I got to do a couple other things. One of the things I got to be a part of was the Bible club. In, uh, in our high school, right? And it was like, you were like, well, of course, you're a pastor's kid. You have to go to that. And uh, I remember for the yearbook, they started calling people out to the courtyard to take pictures for the yearbook. And they would call people over the intercom, okay, so-and-so, National Honor Society. Yeah, wasn't a part of that group either. And, uh, you know, and, and they, they would call us and like, Bible club to the courtyard, right? And it got up out of the, the classroom and, and walk out to the courtyard and we're taking pictures and I'm standing in the back row and they made us hold this big sign, Bible club, right? And, and I'm standing there and as we're getting ready, the bell rings for the end of class. And all the kids start pouring out of the hallways. And coming this way were all of my buddies who made the basketball team. And here I am, Bible club. You know what they started doing? Just laughing. Just laughing. Everybody, Bible club. <laughs> Bible club. I'm just standing there and I'm like, I want to get out of here felt that tension in this moment. I didn't have the words, but this was what was going on. Who am I going to fear the most in my life right now? Am I going to fear the rejection of my friends? Or am I going to fear the Lord? Took the picture, unwillingly, took the picture. And then walked away going, what am I so afraid of? What are you afraid of today? I mean, what's really got your heart locked up? Fear of rejection, fear of uncertainty, the fear of loneliness. Maybe you've been broken up with in the last month and you're going, am I ever going to get married? Am I ever going to have anybody? Your career has totally changed. And you're sitting here today going, Phew. there's a book. It's called uh, Winning the War. In your minds, Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor. And he wrote this book because he talked about the battle of the fears that go on in his heart and life. We got it out in the Resource Center. Matter of fact, if, uh, if you have uh, the YouVersion Bible app, his church created it. Over 500 million downloads, his church created it. Here's what's funny. A pastor who created an app that's been downloaded 500 million times still battles with fear. 
And in his book, this is what he says. He said, here's how I battle with my fear. Because it's an everyday tension to either fear the Lord or fear everything else in this world. And he said this illustration. He goes, I call it the God box. And he said, here's what the God box is. He said, I have this, these two boxes in my office. And what I do is this. He goes, when I have fear that comes up into my life, and he goes, as we all do, he said, I just begin to write out my fears. God, I'm afraid I'm going to fail on this and this and that and all this other stuff. And he said, and then this is what I do. I take my fear and I put it in the God box. And then he said, this is what I'm doing when I'm tempted to begin to follow my fears instead of fearing the Lord. He said, I go back to the God box. And when I'm tempted to do that or when I'm giving into that, he goes, I take it out and I put it in the me box. And he goes, and I do it as a discipline to really come face to face with whatever I'm afraid of in this life. And he said, and what I do is this, I write this down and I pray over it. And I go, God, I'm going to fear you more than I'm going to try to control my fear. And he says, it's just a discipline he does. See, here's why we do this, because Some of you are going, Nate, how do we do this? This is what he's doing in this moment. When he does this, this is what he's doing. He's giving God authority over his fears. When we write them out and we just place them, it's just a spiritual discipline. It's nothing magical that happens. I got these at old-time pottery, right? There's There's nothing magical about the boxes, right? But there's something powerful. When we come face to face with our fear and we say, God, I'm gonna give you authority over my fears. God, I'm going to let you have power over us. And you know what happens? Some of you go, Nate, I, I, I hear the illustration. Why does this matter? You know why it matters? Because when we fear God, we actually get to experience freedom in our fears. See, there's nothing else. There's no other fear in the world that gives you freedom. Every time we take the fear and we try to control it and we take it in our hands, here's what happens. It ties our hearts and our lives up in knots. It never frees us. It only begins to quench what God wants to do in us. And God is going, here's what I want you to do when you come face to face. I just want you to fear the one who loves you. I want you to fear the one who knows the number of hairs on your head. I want want you to fear the one who went to the cross, who loves you, who can set you free, who can give you freedom in your fears. I love when I got baptized, that's what I did. When we get baptized, we saw it today. There's such a neat moment to see parents baptizing their son. When we get baptized, what we're doing is this. We are putting God as our authority over life, going, God, I'm turning over my sin. I'm turning over my dreams. I'm turning over all of my failures to you because I can trust you. And I remember when I got baptized, the children's pastor gave me a Bible and he wrote this passage in there. It's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it, it described when the apostle Paul put his life in the hands of Jesus. And he allowed Jesus to change him and allowed Jesus to become the greatest fear because Jesus' love was the greatest power in his life. And this is what he says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says this, he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Paul says, I've died to myself. God, I've given you authority over my fears. I've given you authority over my sin and he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. And then listen to what he says, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
You know why Paul turned his life over to Jesus? He realized there was nothing in this world that could give him freedom from what he had tied up in his heart and his life. Today, what are you afraid of? Because your Savior is here and he says, I don't want you to fear that. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to fear the Lord. To go, God, more than anything else going on in my life, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the one who loves me and gave himself for me. That's what Christ has done for you and I. And he longs to set us free. And here in a moment, the band's gonna sing No Longer Slaves, and we're gonna be able to sing it together. We're gonna declare that together, that God has done that for us through Jesus. But here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. If you would, would you just stand with me? And here's what I wanna invite you to do in this moment. Maybe today, during this moment, God has revealed to you some fears that you didn't even know were here. But today, you've come face to face with them. And all God is saying is this, would you fear me more than you fear your fears? Would you allow me to free you from what is holding you back? Would you allow Jesus to be enough for you today so you can be set free? Here's what I wanna invite you to do right now. Just if you would, would you bow your heads with me? I just want to invite you right now. You may want to open your hands just as a sign to Jesus. But right now, just to give him your fear. Whatever it is, could be large or small. Maybe you didn't know about it today, but just in this moment, just say, God, I'm, here's why I'm afraid. Just tell him right now. God, I know sometimes it's scary to admit what we're really afraid of. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's just the reality that we know deep down, man, we, we, we're just not good enough. And so why would a good God love us? Why would a good God care about us? But you do. Father, for some of us in this place or online, we're, we're afraid of loneliness. We're afraid of change. And Jesus, in this moment, we just declare that, God, we are going to fear you more than any other fear. That we're going to allow you, Jesus, to be our freedom. We're going to allow you to hold us together when it feels like everything's coming apart. Because you love us and you gave yourself for us so that we can be made new and walk with you. So Lord, today, in the midst of our fears, would you have your way? Would you set us free? Would you give us the power through your spirit to follow you today? We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said together, amen. Let's sing to our King right now.